Hello everyone, Charlie Gladstone here and welcome to episode 14 of my special podcast series or slowcast series, Love in the Time of Coronavirus. When I first sent out the invitations to my friends to contribute to this on the 4th of April, and I'm recording this on the 22nd, I had absolutely no idea how many responses I would get and how much fun it has been doing it. Thank you very much for joining me for some of these or one of these or all of these. Uh, I really am grateful to you. I never say this actually, but um, if you can figure out how to do it, would you mind um, rating and liking uh, my podcast on wherever you listen to it? Um, I don't really know quite how you do it on iTunes, but I'm also on Spotify and Acast and SoundCloud and even now I think on YouTube. I say I think because my son Felix has been trying to help me to get it onto YouTube. Um, but if you could like me, that would be great. Um, obviously, um, I don't really care, um, or I would say it more often. And, and everyone always says in their podcast, liking it will help us to get it to the attention of other people. What they mean is they just want more advertising revenue or they want loads of people to know how brilliant their podcast is. I don't really care, but I wouldn't mind a few more likes if you had a chance to do so. Anyway, that's enough about how much I want you to like me. I just want to remind you of the three questions that I've sent to my guests, and they are, where are you and who are you with? What good do you think will come out of this mess? And please tell me something really good you've discovered or found again or started doing during this time. Anyway, um, those are the three questions. And as you'll know, if you've been listening to this, I have had absolutely loads of answers. And so today we are going to kick off with Hilary Gallo. Uh, a number of you may know Hilary from his talk at the Good Life Experience in 2019, uh, or indeed from his appearance on my podcast about a year ago, I think now. Um, Hilary is a lawyer, a coach, and a negotiation expert who works for big clients, including um, Anderson Consulting and the BBC. He holds retreats for executives looking to change the way they approach work and life, is what it says on the interweb. Um, He's also written a couple of books. The most recent is called Fear Hack, and it is about confronting your fears in order to progress in life. Hilary's had a fascinating career, starting as a lawyer at Europe's biggest law firm, then becoming a jewellery designer, and then moving into the sphere which I have just described. So these are Hilary's responses. Hello, Charlie. So where am I? That's a good question. Well, lucky to be in the countryside, Um, North Hertfordshire, um, geographically, that's at the end of the, the Chilterns, the sort of far eastern end of the Chilterns as it peters out towards Cambridge. Um, and it's a strange place because you can walk out from the front of our house and there's a there's a bit of green space, a cricket green. And if you're a raindrop that falls on the north side of that space, you would find your way eventually down into the... Norfolk countryside, I guess the sort of levels of Norfolk, and um, find your way out into the wash, I guess. But if you land over on this side, the south side, um, where our house is, um, you kind of, well, you you 
join a ditch and then a stream and you join the River Lee eventually and you go down and you become a Londoner. Um, and you're very a long way away from Norfolk um, and you'd eventually end up in the Thames. I always think that's an interesting division, a little um, dividing line between the lives that a raindrop um, might have between where we are. So that's that's kind of where we are. Who am I with? Um, I'm very lucky in that I'm with my wife, Ina, and two adult children, uh, Lucas and Anna. And to be honest, it's a bit of a delight um, to be able to live together as a family and spend some time together. What good do I think will come out of this mess? My honest answer is I've absolutely no idea. Um, I'm tempted to to think that my greatest reflection is that the systems we live in are quite complicated. Um, I was reminded of this this morning, um, talking to someone who's a, making bread or years struggling to to learn a skill and to be self-sufficient um, and learning how to make sourdough and then realising in this latest situation that that's all very well, but but we can't get hold of flour. You know, there's no flour. And isn't it interesting how the, the things that we thought we were okay with, um, we didn't predict the things elsewhere that kind of would get in the way or that would be different or that would, or that would change. So I guess one of my greatest realisations is just the interconnectedness of so many things. I think I'm reflecting a little bit on actually my sense of fragility in a much, much larger system um, and a sense of consequence of um, even the air I breathe, I'm dependent upon something else to provide that for me. And I just, I I take those things for granted so easily. Um, um, which leads me to kind of the space that's opened up for me. Um, yes, I suppose I've been doing the Zoom calls. I mean, I, I do workshops and things and talk to people and um, doing that stuff. But for me, it's it's difficult to feel that I'm having an impact in that space. There's something about being present physically uh, and engaging my sensory nature, um, my presence as a human, that's kind of important. And I'm, I feel I'm moving elsewhere than the, the space in which I can engage with people on the wider stage at the moment. And I'm the thing that I've done more than anything um, is started to grow um, vegetables, um, planting seeds, um, you know, realising that actually they're not as easy to get hold of as I thought, um, that the seeds we had in the the box in the windowsill that have been there for 10 years and kind of don't work in seed terms, you know, they're, they're, they've failed to germinate. Um, so I've managed to get hold of some seeds um, and I've been planting some in little pots on the windowsill uh, and seeing, feeling the joy um, that I have when I see the earth moving um, and I see this thing beginning to start to emerge from the soil, the, the compost that I've found in the back of the shed that I've put in the the pot that isn't really a pot. It's actually, um, you know, a leftover 
um, cup from a party in the shed. Um, and I'm watching this bean um, raise its head through the soil, or I'm watching this courgette sort of thrust forward into the, the light um, and taking huge pleasure in that little thing, that, that act of growth. Um, and I'm watching myself and the way I engage with this um, and the pleasure it brings me to to watch this, to be part of it, to nurture the little seedlings, to water them, um, to then to place them in the soil, um, in the garden, and watch as these things that seemed huge and significant in their pots now seem tiny, um, and to have a different relationship with them uh, when they're in the soil, and to think that they're not growing now, and wonder and, and pray that they're right, um, and kind of knowing they are, but sensing their fragility in this this different and bigger world that I put them into, and then watching myself as I as I struggle with soil and the difficulty of making rows and um, placing little tiny, never realizing how small carrot seeds are and how difficult they are to lay in a little row um, before the wind blows them away. Um, and the care with which I need to do that, um, and how how long it takes and how difficult it is. Um, and then the expectancy I have now of, of looking at that row and waiting for it to, to burst forth through the soil and hoping that it will. It's just that, I guess, has given me an immediacy and a sensory engagement with the world that I'm I guess I'm very excited by and it's somehow providing something that I'm missing from um, I guess the wider world at the moment Um, but I feel I need that that crouching engagement and smell and 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 light and sound and sharing of the planet um, and its resources um with with other forms of life so that's my biggest discovery and my biggest little joy and i might be going a little bit nuts frankly um but that's me thank you for indulging thank you very much for that hillary um now we come to penny lee the brand directress is what she calls herself I have known Penny for a couple of years. She started a, an alternative business conference in Scotland a couple of years ago called Walking Whiskey Wellness, which I think she has um, put um, on the back burner for the time being. But she runs, um, under her name, the brand directress, she runs a brand strategy and design agency for what she describes as kick-ass women in business. Um, what I particularly um, in, am interested in in Penny's work is that she has this phrase which she um, has been using a lot recently, which is, says, fuck it, I'm going niche. And she talks about finding your niche and upping your game. And I think that she is onto something. I think that even before we had this ghastly lockdown and this horrendous virus, The notion in small business of niche was becoming increasingly critical and that doing one 
thing with real focus, however small the area you're operating in, felt like the right thing to do. Anyway, um, Penny has kind of nailed the phraseology there with fuck it, I'm going niche, and here she is. Hello, this is Penny Lee, and I am founder of Walking Whiskey Wellness, a business conference in disguise, doing business differently, and also founder of the brand creative agency, The Brand Directress. What good do you think can come out of this mess? Um, For me, I really think, and I hope, is people appreciating a slower pace of life. More about people and community and less about stuff. Um, That it slows down an ever-rapid and increasing unsustainable life for us and the planet. Um, And I really hope and want to see more people not going back to just business as usual. More hope is that this will accelerate and prioritise for businesses and organisations to set up more flexible working structures. Um, It was a real key instigator for Walking Whiskey Wellness, a business conference in disguise. After working in Amsterdam for 10 years, moving back um, to live rurally between Leeds and Manchester, I was truly taken aback by the state of the motorway, um, particularly the M62. And in 10 years, if we had another 10 years, what would that look like? And why, with all the technology that we have, Zoom (laughs) being a major contender, are we not working remotely more often? And even if it was halved, not even full-time, but halved would mean half as much commuting, traffic, costs, time. And I think this time has proved what is possible and the creative ways of working that have come out of this. So finally, something really good I have discovered, found again or started doing and um, I think the biggest thing here is time and really appreciating time and appreciating time, connecting with friends, connecting with new people, connecting with family. Um, Ironically, being separated from people (laughs) has made that more important and... um, work and things of my to-do list had had been a priority for more of a priority than I had realised. I also think I won't be going to a supermarket ever again. Thank you very much indeed, Penny. Next up, we have Matt Sewell. Um, Many of you, I suspect, will know Matt's famously beautiful bird drawings, um, which um, have appeared in many books, um, on prints, um, in The Guardian, and often in the big issue as well, I think. Matt um, has been described, apparently, as the Banksy of the Burb world. And as well as an artist, he is, of course, an an avid ornithologist. Um, His books include Owls, um, Our Garden Birds, he has one called Our Songbirds, um, and Penguins and Other Seabirds. And um, I was thrilled when Matt came back with these answers because I haven't been in touch with him for a few years and I'm hoping that we will get him to come to Camp Glendie or the Good Life Experience reasonably soon or maybe even one of our Camp Hardens. But anyway, here's Matt's answers. I've been doing talks and workshops and all things about drawing birds and stuff like that. Music festivals 
and literature festivals and places like Forest, Forest Gather and in locally at museums and all kinds of stuff. Done been doing that for the last like, ten years, and um, for some reason never really thought about doing. Well, I have thought about, it, but it just never been that bothered about doing online stuff like YouTube videos or anything like that. But then, you know, when it became apparent that we all need uh, people online <laughs> giving us things to do. Um, you know, I got involved and started doing my Spotting and Jotting Clubs live on um, Instagram. And uh, I couldn't believe the uh, the reaction they got. It was just gone down so well. Um, and it's just very simple. I, you know, got a taped up gaffer tape, some cardboard onto a, my camera tripod, cut a hole in it so I could point it straight down at my desk. And I'm just drawing birds in a way that you can copy at home. It's all ages. It's um, from Littlands to all ladies. Um, so, I mean, everybody's locked in, aren't they? And after stuff to do. And um, so, yeah, I'll just simply teach you how to draw certain birds. And also done some watercolor versions as well. But it, the the there's but there's something about the interaction. Because uh, because it's live and people are leaving comments and you saying you know asking for shout outs and um, saying hello to other people who they've noticed are there and just just showing a lot of love and it's just been so much fun um, and I've really enjoyed doing it. I've you know I've found working very very difficult not just working from home but just the the being creative. Uh, at this kind of time just is really difficult um, for me to be getting on and doing other work that I've got to do, like doing books and stuff. It's just like swimming through treacle. But doing this, I could just do them all day. It's such a good laugh. And um, yeah, and I, so yeah, if you if you fancy doing that, follow, get, you know, follow me on Instagram, which is at Matt Soul. And there's always, I put up a post that says when I'll be doing the next one. It's usually two o'clock and it lasts for anything from 40 minutes to an hour. I try and save them and put up later, but for some reason I never <laughs> really managed to do that. So it's a bit more of, you just got to catch it if you can. And, um, I will do some YouTube videos, but I'm 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 enjoying this interact interactive version too much to just do something quite quiet and laid back. So um, yeah, get some paper, pencil, and get involved. See ya. If you've been kind enough to listen to these um, podcasts, you will know that I have been talking about long albums, the best double and triple albums ever. Um, I've talked about Sandinista, Drugs, Out of the Blue. Um, I've talked about Masterpieces by the Smiths, Stevie Wonder. Um, but today I'm not going to talk about a long album. I am going to talk about long novels. I think most days of this I've recommended novels that I've read in the last year or so. And I've kind of deliberately shied away from long novels because I found it all a bit weird the way that the Guardian and the Times, which are the newspapers I read, were 
immediately as soon as lockdown came, assuming that everyone was going to be sitting around and wanted some war and peace length novels to read, which frankly I think was the least concern that most people had. But I want to just mention three long novels that I have really enjoyed. Um, and, and the reason that I came up with these is that I was sorting out some of my books the other day and these three came out of a shelf in almost exactly the place because in, in almost exactly the same place because they were all released in 2010 or 11 and I read them all then and I loved them all. Um, the first one is by Geoffrey Eugenides, um, who is perhaps better known for Middlesex. Um, but this is called The Marriage Plot, and it's an epic. It's, um, it's about uh, university and relationships and marriages, and um, it is with, in common with all the great um, contemporary novels. I think it is a sort of postmodern rumination on life told through epic life stories really it, it's really engaging and really brilliant um i absolutely loved and i reread it last year um jennifer egan's visit from the goon squad um this is a set of 13 essentially related stories with an amazing set um of characters who are all connected to a guy called um benny salazar who's um, a senior record company executive and his amazing assistant, Sasha. Um, everyone's pretty self-destructive. They're all growing up. Um, weird things are happening to them. It's incredibly funny. It's poignant. It's beautiful. Um, I really recommend it. Um, most of the stories take place in, in, um, in New York and in San Francisco, but there are some else, others around the world. I think my favourite of these three long novels is Jonathan Franzen's absolute classic, Freedom, um, which is an epic novel, um, a story with massive scope and much hilarity and lots of bananas behaviour and lots of human error and lots of love and lots of passion. And it's an absolutely fabulous story. I'm not sure it's the most loved or critically acclaimed of Franzen's novels but for my money, it's absolutely the best. Anyway, th those are three long novels um, that, that, I've, that I've loved in the last few years. And actually, funny enough, just talking about that, I did, um, it did occur to me that I should have mentioned Donna Tartt's absolutely brilliant, The Goldfinch, her third novel. Um, give that a go, anyway. Next up, we have Rob Walker. Now, as many of you that are perhaps interested in my work or uh, the Good Life Experience or the Camps at Glendie or indeed Peddlers where we've been championing um, craftsmanship for 30 years is concerned. I am a massive advocate of things that are done properly by craftspeople and artists with their hands in traditional ways and we've very much become involved through all of those businesses in trying to sustain in as much as we can help those businesses. I first met Rob, um, or Robert, known as Umberto, um, to his friends, Rob Walker, um, at the Good Life Experience last year in 2019. Since then, he came back to do a giant mural on an old red brick wall that we have, uh, which surrounds Xanthi, my daughter's vegetable garden in Wales, 
and she wrote a massive and beautiful grow on the wall. Um, you can see that if you have a look at my at Chaz Gladstone Instagram account and scroll back a few months. Um, so we've stayed in touch and we're working on other projects or we're planning to work on other projects when this lockdown is over. Um, he's a great man and a great artist and um, a great educator, no doubt. He, he teaches students. But here are Rob's ruminations on my questions. Hello, Charlie. Um... Thank you for asking me to be part of your podcast. Where am I and who am I with? I'm at home with Ebony, Ebony Walker, my wife, and Reuben Arthur Walker, our son, who's beautiful. Ebony has to work from home. She's a key worker and she's set up a little office in our bedroom. And we're all dealing with it um, quite remarkably well, to be honest, uh, but as best as anybody can, you know, kind of sort of muddling through. Our son is being homeschooled by myself. Um, now, which is not too difficult. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ex-senior lecturer, university lecturer. And I understand the kind of principles, you know, teaching. Um, however, there are, there have been some difficulties with that, you know. When, when your son is being taught by his father, um, in the surroundings of his and the comforts of his own home, then he's naturally going to drift in terms of attention span and concentration and so on. And so, you know, we've had our own little challenges, but to be honest, on the whole, I've realised that I need to just relax a little bit more in terms of the homeschooling, you know, meet what's needed and take stock more than anything, take stock of the amount of education that Reuben gets in the various forms uh, throughout the day anyway. The second question, um, what good do you think will come out of this mess? I'm hope I really are hoping that post um, COVID-19, that there might be a shift in the way that people think about working. There might be a shift in the way that employees, employers see their employees working. You know, a bit more trust. You know, people can work from home and people are working from home and people are dedicated. Um, I think people will take a measure of what they feel is intrinsic to our existence, such as connecting with nature, going for a walk. I mean, walks have become like a commodity almost now, you know, I don't mean that in a crass sense, but it's like that is the thing that people are looking forward to doing in a day now to keep sane and to keep together and to keep moving forward through this in a positive manner. A walk, simple as that. It was always there before, it will always be there afterwards and it will be there throughout all of this. Something really uh, good that I have discovered, found again, um... Since the lockdown, we've been at the allotment uh, every day and we've, 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 we've kind of used that as our allocated time, if you like, to, to sort of exercise and so on and, and just get out. And we've often walked along the lane to the allotment, which is beautiful. If you pass anybody, you, you've, you've plenty of room to sort of walk around them and, and, and not come into contact with anybody. I've also been listening to more music, more vinyl. Um... 
listening to a band that I was really into at school called Cud and digging out the records that I listened to when I was at school and they've been invoking memories and emotions of, you know, that particular Christmas day when my mum had got me uh, Cud through the roof on 12-inch vinyl and I can remember it all really, really vividly. So that's been really nice, finding all that again. And... uh, I've also come across kind of, you know, the, the way that other individuals are, are coping with, you know, with the lockdown and the isolation and so on. And there's just been some astonishingly creative things come out of this, such as podcasts and so on. Now, on Instagram, people have been, you know, exploiting, if you like, the live function on the um, stories um section of you know a person's profile and there's i've been watching a lot of the live talk sessions uh which is all through the live the live section of the stories on live talk and there's just been designers from across the world talking um and sharing their story and sharing how they're battling with this and how they're getting through it and most people for on the whole seem happy seem um creative seem productive and I just find that immeasurably inspiring. I really do. And that, all of this, all of everything that I've mentioned from the beginning of me uh, talking to now has kept me going through all of this, really. Um, yeah, and that's made me think a lot about my own practice and what I love, which is lettering of all forms, typography. Um Obviously, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a traditional sign writer. And what I love is holding a brush, loading it with paint, and off we go. But f- fundamentally, the core of it is is the form of lettering that I really, really, truly adore. So I've I've I've, I've been reading quite a bit of of you know books on lettering, um, historical, contextual stuff, as well as contemporary. That's got me thinking about um, whose work I admire from around the world, um, who are working uh, with, with with sort of historical references as well as uh, contemporary references, and then it's also got me thinking about uh, redesigning, redeveloping my um, uh, website, freshening that up a little bit, and then that's sort of led me on to. Um, thinking more about the workshops that I deliver and trying to kind of get them a bit more concrete, a bit, you know, different strands within the whole umbrella of workshops. So one particular workshop on one particular lettering style aimed at, at, um, you know, beginners and then, you know, middleweight and then advanced or whatever. Just thinking about it as a whole. And then... That's led me to think about, I'd like to offer a free workshop to people at my studio. It'd be a first come, first serve basis. Um, I can't think of any other way to do it really. Um, For 10 people and we paint letters and we talk about, you know, why we like lettering and how working with our hands make us feel, you know, just bond, bond through that creative process as as i have done with many people at the good life experience festival you know there's something intrinsic i think um 
in making with our hands and building something with our hands, operating something that has a three-dimensional aspect, whether that's a paintbrush or a drill or a piece of wood. And that, that intrinsic connection, I think, takes us back to where we've come from, who we are, where we're going in the future and how we belong on this planet. And I think we've just become a bit lost. And in some respects, this lockdown has placed us um, and lettering places me. It, 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 it just grounds me and I get lost in it and it's wonderful. So I'd like to offer a free workshop to 10 individuals, first come, first serve basis, once all this is over, from my studio and we will paint letters and we can go down any avenue people want to go down, uh, whether they want to just get you know, some casual script lettering or something a bit more refined, whatever they want. So that's what I would like to promote. Um, yeah, and just that, I think that'll probably go out on Instagram as well. And it might also go out on um, my website, which is sciencebyalberto.co.uk. But that's going to be updated as well with a bit of a fresher look, a bit more up to date. Um, yeah. That's me. Um, thank you ever so much, Charlie Gladstone, for asking me to do this, um, asking me to be part of it. Happy anniversary for the other day. Um, lots of love to your family. Stay safe and stay well. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for my guest for today. I will be back tomorrow with one final edition, or maybe in a couple of days, with one final edition of this series. Um, as you may know, if you listen to others, I've occasionally been recommending new music. Um, I've been really, really acutely enjoying music during this time. I have, um, I think a lot of my family have um, developed perhaps a habit that we won't continue with after this, but which is wearing our headphones all the time. I have some amazing noise cancelling um, B&O ones, but actually the ones that I most love are my AirPod Pros, God, they're good. I mean, I sniffed at them for a long time, but um, they are just amazing. You can take calls on them, you can listen. The quality is brilliant. I think they are fantastic, but I'm not sure that all of the Gladstones wandering around the house in headphones is something that we will continue to tolerate or almost in even encourage when the lockdown's over. But, 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 but for now, it means that I've been able to listen to music all the time when I'm at my desk. And... Um, I love that. I mean, I, I listen to music most of the time anyway, but there's something about having it right in your head, in your headphones, that is wonderful. Um, I just wanted to mention the new Fortet album, 16 Oceans. Um, it, it's a great record. It's got touches of jazz and electronic music. It's sparkling. It's sunny. It reminds me very much of the Caribou album, Suddenly, that I recommended recently. Um, it's a really beautiful um, piece of sunny, optimistic, chiming pop music. And um, I recommend that highly. Uh, okay, well, that's it for me today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to all of my wonderful contributors. Thank you to my friend, Jim Friend, for endless patience and hard work in editing all of these and doing so so quickly. Um, by the way, in case you were wondering... Um, I do have a PRS license for this podcast, which means that's the Performing Rights Society, 
which means I am entitled to play music on it. You can't, I don't think, just play music on a podcast, but I can, so Yabu sucks. Anyway, um, I will speak to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Here is Baby by Fortet from his most recent album. Thanks, see you soon. Bye.